0: Welcome to Women in Venture Capital, a podcast by students for students. I'm Rushvena. And I'm Anvita. And we are from the Howard Business School. Today, we're joined by Kim Patel, who's a second-year MBA student at HBS, where she's also a rock venture partner. She made the Forbes 30 under 30 for Media in 2019 while working at Vice Media. She's an investor at Letter Hippie and has prior experience at Venture Fellow at Alley Corp in Harlem Capital. She's the founder of Envision Accelerator, the first student-led virtual accelerator for underrepresented student founders, which just initiated its first cohort of 17 companies. Kim is also on the board of Women in Innovation, an organization committed to improving networking and success of women in tech, and Brave House, a nonprofit focused on providing legal and community benefits to young immigrant women. We're excited to have you today, Kim. Thanks for joining us, and congratulations on your first budget at vision. Thanks so
1: much, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Um, So like you said, you've worked for a number of venture funds by now. Can you tell us a little bit about the company culture um, that you've seen in the industry, especially as it pertains to women? Yeah, so I, um, I would say that some firms have really tried to make sure that they have good representation on the team, so I would say, like you know, at Allie, my partner, the partner that I worked for, was a woman, and like she fundamentally understood what that meant. And at Harlem, like the partners weren't women, but they invest in women, so they had to fundamentally also have a very different point of view on it. So, so my firm has literally so many women, so it's kind of great um, in that sense where I didn't feel like I was I was like the only woman, but they don't have as many color and so that was another that was another layer on top um and we've discussed it internally as a firm to, to try to make sure that's differentiated and the good thing is that people are having those conversations but i would say like the whole women in VC thing if you want my honest take on it like yes there needs to be more female investors yes there needs to be more investment in female founders but women in bc they don't necessarily like push each other like if if there's two women and one is like it's only one partner spot what do you think's gonna happen like it's still like what is happening what happened in finance 10 years ago which is like only one woman could be a md so or you have an issue where like firms basically do blitz hiring where like they'll say okay we're gonna hire like five women and just take care of it and they hire like five women women except those women are exactly the same so you still don't have a diversified point of view whether that's like from a and, and it's all about intersectionality. So it doesn't necessarily be, like, okay, there are all five white women. I mean, that might be the case. But, like, they those five white women just because they're white doesn't make them all the same. They might have actually very differentiated points of view if, you know, one grew up in the Midwest and one grew up in San Francisco. And, one, like, it's, like, so there is a power to to just, like, different perspectives from, like, their background. It's not just about what you see on the surface. It's not just about the gender and the race box. It's about class. It's about how they were educated. It's about where they're from, where their networks are. Like potentially, does that differentiate your pipeline? Because, you know, this woman has experience in in Europe versus like in the Americas. And like, that's kind of like what you need to be able to think about is like from a strategy standpoint, how does it benefit the firm? It's not just a PR play. It has to be way more than that. And I think what you still see happening is, like, women getting to, like, the principal level and then never making it past partner and then having to leave to go to another firm and then negotiate to get to partner. And, like, that still happens all the time, unfortunately. And it's not great. And so – but that's an issue across, like, not just women, but, like, people – like, that's an issue across the industry right now um, because – you know, once you bring somebody up to partner, the economics change, and so like now you're talking about getting carry a slice of the pie to somebody else, and so uh, incentives change and perspectives change when you're talking about money, and versus just like making nice and like putting an article up out there about like hiring six women or something. And I'd say on the female side, like women supporting women, like I'm a part of female VC groups, women in VC, etc., and like you know I see all this, but there is. Not in those groups. I actually love those Slack channels, and they're fantastic to just, like, meet people. And I've met some amazing women through that. But I would say there are certain groups um, that people know well, I'm not going to name them, that, like, have done a lot of press or, like, been out there in the news and actually in the background are kind of exclusive. And so from that perspective, I do think that um, women of color still get the short end of the stick.
0: Thanks for sharing this, Kim. I think it's it's extremely candid and hence extremely helpful. I think the point you make that it's not just diversity for the PR, but diversity in its truest form to have it add the value that we we all believe it does. I think it's a beautiful point. And, uh, and yeah, I think the the whole reason for us, for me and Rashina, to maybe take this initiative of doing this podcast or starting this channel is all the more that we need more conversations like these. We need more candid, discreet, uh, you know, initiatives where people are talking about the experiences and then hence be able to make a difference if we can. Um, So thanks for sharing that. Um, So Kim, you're not only very, very vocal about empowering women and even people of color, especially in technology and business, uh, but you've also joined organizations such as Women in Innovation, as you just mentioned, as a board member. Uh, Very curious to know what really motivates you every day to be an avid advocate for such representation.
1: Yeah, so um, so I'm a part of Win, which is a huge organization, but also um, Brave House. So Brave House for me is like very personal in the sense of it was the, the founder Lauren Blodgett. She's a uh, Harvard Law School alum. Like she, like you know, she went to this amazing law school. She could have gotten any job, and she's like, yeah, I'm gonna go make literally no money and become like a prosecutor <laughs> in New York City for young women, young immigrant women who need to. Actually, who need to like essentially fight for asylum in this country because they have been abused or like suffered like really atrocities in their life and they need a home and they don't have family and like they're here in this country by themselves. Um, And she dedicated her career to that. And then she started Brave House out of seeing the need for a lot of these women, which is that they would come to her law offices and she would go argue their case, she would go argue um, like the cause for immigration um, in court. And then realize that there's so much more that's needed. Like they didn't have a safe place at home or like they were still, a lot of them live um, in homeless shelters still, right? Like they don't have families or they're living with extended family. They will have jobs. They're like 16, 17 year old girls. Like one of the young women I met was like, Kim, I just want to study computer science. Like she's not, she born in this country. She's like, I just want to code. And I was like, oh my God, yes. And you should be able to just code. Like, they don't have the chance to be children and I that really got to me because it made me think about
0: when my mom
1: came over here when she was 18 years old and like didn't know any English and worked at like the Matchbox factory which was like little race cars little toy race cars in Jersey City making five dollars an hour and like that's that's not like a faraway dream like it doesn't happen anymore that's still something that happens every day and Um, And Lauren's trying to create a space through Brave House for them to learn about yoga and mental health and and understand, like, oh, how do they get into programs about coding? And, like, just – and so it's this amazing group of women who support this – support Brave House and are on the advisory board. Um, And so that really just – I just – she – I just respect her so much um, because she had the opportunity to take – to do anything, to, to literally, she, was, she went to Harvard Law School. Like, she could have literally been a corporate white shoe lawyer and made so much money. And instead, she decided to take that and turn it into something that, like, most of us could even barely imagine of the impact that we could, like, if we can make, if I can make 20% of the impact she's made on people's lives throughout my career, I would be happy. And uh, that's just like a whole newfound version of respect that I have for her. And to be honest, like, I think. MBAs at Harvard Business School should probably take a cue. Great. It's, it's really um, heartwarming to listen to um, stories like these, especially about the impact they're having on communities. Um, thank you so much, Kim, for joining us today and just taking the time and also being so candid about the different aspects of the venture industry and what it means to be a woman in the industry. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, guys, for having me.